Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We believe that this message is going to bless you and empower you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I hope you enjoy. So we're getting close to uh, Thanksgiving, right? I'm just thinking my birthday because it's like a week after Thanksgiving. But um, yeah, we got Thanksgiving coming up. And what a time to be grateful right now. It's always good to be grateful, but I think it's so important for us to even in this crazy season, keep a heart of gratitude. So tonight, uh, I'm going to pray for the message very quickly, but tonight we are going to be talking about the ABCs of relationship success. And it does tie in with this theme, so I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to touch us tonight. Holy Spirit, we need your presence. Holy Spirit, we need your anointing. I'm just a man with flaws and I don't have the word, Jesus, but I know that you are powerful. You can take a word and put it deep in our heart. You can take a word and change our life. And Holy Spirit, we don't want to just come here tonight just to receive a uh, theory or a a philosophy, but we want your word. We want the scriptures. We want the living and active word of God. So Holy Spirit, I want to pray that this message would come with revelation tonight. Holy Spirit, use me tonight and let us grow more and more into the image of Christ, and we ask that you would do what only you could do. Take control tonight. You have freedom in this place, Holy Spirit. Use my words and open our ears, open our hearts. As Apostle Paul prayed, give, give our hearts the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So, ABCs of relationship success. So, we're going to start with the letter A. A, right? I'm going to see if you guys are paying attention. <laughs> okay. So, I know I don't have a cute baby Troy yet, so maybe I'm not. But we're getting there next year. Going, you know. Um, so, letter A is accountability. Can you say with me accountability? accountability? Accountability. So, what is accountability? Well, I'm going to define it for you, of course. I'm not just going to go and not tell you about it. But I want to tie in this character trait with accountability that is actually very necessary, and it actually is the only way that Jesus ever described himself. Do you guys know? We can interact. There's not like 100 people, so what is the, I don't know if people really do that, right? Do they? Okay, we're going to try it. So what, what is the way that Jesus described himself? Anyone know? There's like one word that he used to describe himself, right? I am, I am, right? That's the best answer. Okay. Well, there's probably many things, right? I'm, it might not be. That was not very accurate. You know, that was like, like he talks about himself a lot. But, you know, um, right? Anyways, but the, the one way that I saw that he described himself, he said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and take my yoke upon you, for I am, who knows the rest? I'm trying to record this. Pastor wanted me to record this just so that he knows that there's no heresy going on. Okay, cool. Pastor, it's all good so far, man. It's been like 30 seconds. We're doing good. Okay. So, amen. So he says, I am gentle and humble in heart. So Jesus described himself as humble. So that's crazy because it's like the only attribute that he really gave himself. At least that's what I read in a book, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't accurate. But, um, you know, Jesus describes himself as humble. So to be For accountability, we need humility. Amen. So letter A is accountability. And we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. And it says something really cool. It says, iron sharpens iron. 
and one man sharpens another. So now I really like this because it puts us on the same playing field. It doesn't say like gold sharpens silver. It doesn't say, you know, uh, rocks sharpen, you know, paper. I don't know. It puts us on the same boat. It says that we're all in this journey together. It kind of shows us that we all need to be sharpened. Even iron needs iron. Even iron needs to be sharpened. So we have the privilege to be accountable to one another. Amen. So in order to do that, we also need to be vulnerable. Now, vulnerability sometimes in this world is it's kind of considered like weakness. I don't know if you guys ever noticed that. Um, you know, you don't want to let other people know if you're struggling. You don't want other people to know if you're going through a trial. Um, and that's just kind of how sometimes it is in the world. Um, people kind of live in a bubble in this day and age. Um, if we communicate, it's just with a double tap on Instagram. Let's people know, hey, I still, I'm still your friend. Uh, I know we haven't talked in a few weeks, but I just double tapped on your picture. So, right? But that's, that's how we do. We live in a bubble sometimes. But in order for us to grow in accountability, we need to be vulnerable. We need vulnerability and humility. Now, remember, we're talking about relationships. So we're trying to have healthy relationships, godly relationships, relationships of purpose, relationships of vision, relationships that have meaning, not just casual, you know, see you once a week on Sunday, but we want to grow. We want to aim towards the same goal. We want to fulfill the Great Commission. We know Jesus is coming back. It's not, it's not a question. So let us have purposeful relationships. Let us make our relationships worthy of the calling of God. Amen. Amen, amen. So after we get out of our bubbles, well, first we need to figure out how can we even get out of this bubble. So within our church, what is... The, the, the way that I see God has given us to step out of our bubbles and into a healthy relationship is discipleship. So Pastor, um, he's actually going to share tomorrow more about marriage, about parenting. Um, we could talk a little bit about marriage tonight or courtship and um, some of that. But, you know, he's going to talk about I wanted to focus on discipleship because discipleship for me, it's, it's the reason that I've been able to, to make it to where I am. You know, I've been walking with the Lord for five and a half years now. Um, getting close to six years. And if I did not open myself for Jonathan, Pastor Tulio, and Pastor Raph, man, I would have gave up a long time ago. I know there were things that I was struggling with that I really needed counsel. I really needed wisdom. I really needed advice pretty much from the moment that I started learning how to pray. I, was like, I don't know how to pray. I almost bought a Quran instead of a Bible. I had no idea what to buy. I just went, I was like, I need a spiritual book. Let me get the Quran. No, 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 Trent, get a Bible. You know, we Christians. You know, I'm just saying, like, I needed advice. I had no idea. I didn't know what was going on. I needed to be accountable to somebody. Amen. So one thing that I like about discipleship is that there is this upward relationship, and then sometimes there's also this uh, investing into somebody else. So, for example, Jesus told them to make disciples, but first what did he do? He made them disciples. So Jesus didn't tell them to do something that he didn't do for them. So it's the same thing in our relationship. In order for us to be able to counsel, advice, give advice, and to teach and to minister and to reach people, we first need to be reached, taught, ministered to, invested into. So if we want to reach people, one of the first things that we can do is open ourselves up. Say, you know what, Holy Spirit, I need a leader. I need somebody um, that I can trust. I need somebody who, who I know I can count on. Not saying that we're all perfect, you know. Uh, and the best way to do that is to get into a life group. 
I mean, look at all you guys. You guys are already all in life groups. So you guys are in the best place for accountability is in a life group. Because in a life group, we, we can see, like, okay, um, obviously we're not basing our walk on, on church attendance. But we can see, okay, this person hasn't been here for a little bit. Let me check on him, you know. Or maybe he's struggling. Let's pray for him at the life group. Or, you know, maybe um, you want to bring a friend from the world. What better way to bring them to a place where they can be welcomed, where they can, you know, receive community, where they can receive this sphere of accountability. So we don't want to just, for example, invest into somebody's life and then not try to connect them to the church. I think sometimes that's where, you know, we can take on too much workload. Even Jesus, God himself, did not only connect people to himself, but he connected them to a life group, to a, a group of other people. So they had this core life group, these 12 disciples who were all accountable to each other. Amen. So now even in Jesus' life, not only was he accountable, but he had different levels of intimacy, different levels of trust. So Jesus actually had 70 disciples. Then out of the 70, he had 12. And then out of the 12, he had three. And then out of the three, he had John. And what I think is so cool about this is Jesus was always telling people, follow me. You know, take up your cross, be my disciple. He never, I don't, not that I can recall, I never saw Jesus push somebody away. He would challenge them. He would inspire them. He would motivate them. But you never see Jesus deny anybody, you know, for the guy who had all the money and then the poor widow who had nothing, for the guy who had all the success and then the blind guy who couldn't even do anything but beg. Jesus was always available. But Jesus, he was expecting accountability. He gave them a manner of protection you know, and I think that's something I wanted to elaborate on is that accountability sometimes, if we're not careful, we can misunderstand it and we could think that it's something that needs to be forced, but it should develop in a healthy manner. We don't want it to be something that's just like, oh my goodness, I need to text my leader or I need to do this. It's not really like that. It's you want authentic, genuine relationships. But sometimes, uh, even in my case, for example, I was not very friendly when I came to Christ. I was pretty antisocial. I had to like, you know, Leo, I knew Leo way back five years ago. I would come to church with a hoodie on and my arms crossed and sit in the back. And then as soon as service, you know, I would talk to maybe Jonathan, one person, but I wasn't friendly. I had to put myself out of my comfort zone, but I understood that that was the desire of Christ for me to be accountable. If I was going to run this race, not just for a year or, you know, a few years, but for my whole life, if I'm going to finish the race, I need to be accountable. Amen. So what I really like about, he's, he's, I really like his, his testimony is uh, the beloved disciple, John. He called himself the beloved disciple. Jesus never gave him that name. Um, so he had a revelation of God's love. And I think that's something that we can also tie in with accountability. In order for people to really desire accountability, they need to feel loved, you know. Um, and there's nothing wrong with, with showing people that you love them. Now, that doesn't mean you, you got to text him at 3 in the morning and be like, I'm thinking about you. Like, bro, he's sleeping. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but you can, you can say, hey, man, I'm praying for you. You know, here's this devotional. I got this book for you. You know, let's go hang out. Let's grab coffee. Let's do something. Um, that was one of the biggest blessings with me and Edu is he loved coffee. I was like, hallelujah. Like, instant connection. Um, you know, so the, the love that God has for us, it shows us that 
his accountability is not something that he forces onto us, but it's because he has good things for us. He wants to protect us. He wants us to feel secure. He wants us to be in this, in this journey for the long haul. And ultimately, that's kind of how a lot of other relationships in the world are, is that, you know, people were in a relationship only for what they can get from somebody and not what they can give to somebody. So this kind of takes us into our uh, letter B. But before we get there, we're going to go to First uh, John chapter 1. Verses 7 through 9, and we can read it together. So on the count of three, we're going to read together. Amen? One, two, it's really long, right? You guys good? Okay. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That was a lot better than I thought it would be. I should have picked a short verse, man. That was good. Amen. So, and then it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Amen. So, in the first verse, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So, I really like this because Jesus always uh, invites us into something that he's already done. He doesn't challenge us to do anything that he hasn't done. He would never tell you to pray for somebody if he didn't pray for somebody. He'd never tell you to uh, heal somebody or cast out a demon if he first didn't do it. But what I really like is you can kind of take this word and change it into maybe transparent or accountable. But if we walk accountable, if we walk transparent, if we walk vulnerable, as Jesus did, we have fellowship with one another. Amen. Jesus was, you know, he was very intimate with, with the Father. But one thing I even like about Jesus is Jesus never took his intimacy as a way to separate himself from other people. But he would actually get up early in the morning and make sure that he had his time with the Father, but he would still be around people all day long. Amen. So here we see that in order for us to really have genuine, not just shallow or superficial relationships, but genuine relationships, there is this aspect of transparency. For example, let's say you're struggling in a, uh, with the habit um, you could say sin, but like as it does in this context, let's just say you're struggling with something. You know, you don't want to struggle with it, but you're also afraid that, man, I don't want to be judged for telling this person, you know. And that's something that I think the devil does is he tries to keep us in this place where we don't think that it's wise to be accountable. Now, I'm not saying that you just go and make a Facebook post saying this is my struggle, no, 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 and ask everybody to repost it. What I'm saying is when you have people in your life that you can be accountable with, they want to cover you. As you saw in, in Genesis with Noah, you know, he was naked. He, he made a mistake. He drank or whatever. And his sons, they walked in backwards. So they, wouldn't even, they weren't even paying attention to his sin. They just wanted to cover him. So that's how we, in our life, as disciples, as leaders, as, as children of God, as, um, you know, people in this generation who see other people struggling, and we have the grace, we have the answer, which is Christ, we can just walk backwards. We don't need to judge them. We don't need to look at their sin. We just walk backwards, realizing that we, too, make mistakes and cover them. Amen. That's accountability in a, in a, in a summary, in a nutshell. So now we're going to get into letter B. Okay. And it is blessed to give. Amen. So, remember, we're talking about relationships. So, in Acts 20, 35, 
it says this. It says, in all things, okay, let's read it together. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I don't want to make you guys feel like Okay, so, in all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Christ, you know, he gave everything. He gave himself. He gave everything that he had. He gave his life. He gave his blood, you know, innocent blood. He gave everything. So Jesus had a pretty big revelation of the fact that it was more blessed to give than to receive. Even John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. He extended himself. He extended his grace. He gave to us. We were his enemies. We didn't deserve anything. But he was never our enemy. He was always desiring to be our father once again. And that's something that's so beautiful is that Jesus, he gave us this same privilege to give. Now, sometimes I think there's this one fear that comes in the way, which is we're going to try to overcome that with these three steps. But what tries to hold us back from giving is fear and fear itself. You know, the Bible says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. And love is demonstrated by giving. So one of the ways for us to overcome fear is by giving. You know, you overcome the spirit of fear by walking in power, walking in love, and walking with a sound mind. But, you know, power, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, you ask the Holy Spirit to anoint you. But one thing that we can do practically is give. We can give. We can give our time. We can give our attention. We can give our prayers. Absolutely. We can give. <laughs> so three, three reasons why it's more blessed to give than to receive. Number one, it reflects the heart of God. Our Heavenly Father is extremely generous. He demonstrated in giving, not just by, you know, sending us a letter or sending us a, a DM. He gave his son. He gave. So it would have been one thing if God was up in heaven sitting on his throne. Just like, I love you guys. You got to figure it out, though. You know, he, he didn't do that. He came down humble. Remember, he humbled himself, the Bible says, Jesus. So even giving is connected to humility. And to really count your blessings, you got to be humble. Because if not, we're going to always complain. We're going to fall into this. Uh, this spirit of complaining, oh, Biden's president, maybe you wanted Trump, or maybe you wanted Biden, and, and Trump's trying to stop it. Who knows? But whatever it is, you may find yourself complaining, and I've seen myself, you know, it's, it's very subtle. You know, you don't want to fall into this trap. How you contradict, uh, how you counter this, this trap of, of complaining is by keeping a grateful heart. Amen. Amen. So giving it's more blessed to give than to receive because it also shows your faith. It shows you you trust God. You're not leaning on your own understanding. You're not trying to depend upon yourself. You know, a bunch of people, I'm not sure about you guys. Maybe you guys got furloughed because um, COVID. A lot of us did. And in that moment, immediately, it was a, a time for us to grow in faith, to grow in dependence, to grow in trust. And realize that our Father is the one who provides. And, you know... In other nations, they may have to really live by faith in this sense that they don't have jobs, uh, they don't have income, you know, the, their currency may not be um, too strong. But we, we have a privilege here in the United States, of course, to have freedom to work and things like that. But we don't want to allow that to, to restrain us from growing in faith. In one way that even if we're receiving blessings in this first world nation, uh, having freedom to, to work, having, having the privilege to have food and shelter... One way that we could still grow in faith is by giving. So it's not about how much we receive that's going to help us grow in faith. It's about how much we give. And that's why the Bible says more blessed to give than to receive. Finally, 
it reveals our heart. So every now and then I think we should always ask ourselves, do these material things in our life have me or are they just in my life? Do they, do they have my heart or is it just in my life? And I think as we, you know, pass through our teenage years and get more into our, you know, young adult years and we start paying rent, <laughs> you know, I didn't know FPL was a real thing, you know, like start paying bills, whatever, you know, you, you may catch yourself like, oh man, I don't know, I got to work more, I got to, but the thing is, it's not about if you have things, it's the problem, it's if the things have you. And if you see that in your life, one way to break that, being generous, being uh, grateful and, and giving. And of course, you, you can always give um, to people other things than money, but money is one way that it really shows you know, your trust in God, because it's like, dang, bro, I just worked for that, bam, you know, and then every time you do it, you grow in the joy of doing it. I remember in the beginning, it may be challenging, but the more you realize you're made in the image of God, and God is good, he's generous, then you receive it, not just as something that you do, but a part of who you are. You want it to get into your character, and that takes practice, just like everything else. Um, so now we're going to go to letter C. This is the last one. And it is, can you guys guess? Don't. Courtship. <laughs> Christ. You got, bro, you give like the answers that are right no matter what, right? The I am in Christ. Amen. So yes, it is Christ, but it's the calling to proclaim Christ. Amen. The calling to proclaim Christ. So we're going to go to Ecclesiastes 4.12. And it says, in Though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. I really like that because it's basically saying two can be as bad as one. You guys know the song? But um, three is better, you know? So two's good, three's better. Amen. So who is this third cord in our relationships? in our friendships, in our discipleship, in our marriage, in our courtship, in our, in our future spouse, Christ. Yes. So Christ is this third cord. He's the one who holds everything together. He gives a purpose to our relationship. He reminds us that we are not just here for uh, our own pleasures. You know, our relationships do not just become, uh, all, even though it's always going to be puppy dog love, it's, um, it's still, there's purpose, you know. Sometimes I look at her, I'm like, oh, wait, 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 we have purpose. I'm not just going to stare at you all day. You know, there's purpose. Um, right? So I'm going to give you guys an example. Uh, and you guys, this is not as profound um, as you might think. And, um, but it's a triangle example. Can you, can you do that example for me? You could do it from your seat if you want, just uh, the little triangle. So, okay. The triangle example. Yeah, just throw it up. Illuminati, as Jonathan said. So, Okay. In the triangle example right here, Carlos is making it perfect. Um, you might see Drake come in and start rapping. Um, so the top is Jesus, and the bottom is us. Amen. And the more we put Christ at the center, see how he's in the center? The more we get closer together. Amen. I didn't make that up, but it's still good. It's still good. Amen. I wasn't good in, ge in geometry, so it would have been... Um, Amen. So the more we pursue Jesus, the more our relationships make sense, the more that we find purpose, the more that we find meaning, the more that we realize it's, it's more blessed to give, the more we find out that it's healthy to be accountable. And finally, we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 
And uh, we're going to read this one right here. This is, I always like this verse, um, but God was speaking to me something about it. Um, Pastor actually sent this one to me, and I was like, you know what, this is really powerful. It says this, but you are a chosen race of royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him, Jesus, who brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I like it. I like it. It's good. Very good. Powerful. So in this context, Jesus first gives us identity. So for us to understand our God-given calling to proclaim Christ, we first need to realize who we are. Now, this is something that you can learn in a, in a church setting, in a, in a service, in a message, um, in a sermon, in a book. You can, you can get direction for your identity. But the only one who can give you identity is the one who created you. You know, it's like... For example, if you make a product, the only one who has the right to make the manual for the product is the one who created the product. And God is the author of life. Jesus is the author of life. He knows the manual for our future. So we need to go to Christ. Amen. So before he tells us what to do, he tells us who we are. Chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. So now that we figured out who we are, we can proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. I think for me, this is something, uh, we're going to talk about evangelism a lot in this conference coming up. And for me, this is something that the God has always been dealing with me. I always ask him, Lord, make me a better minister. Make me a better spokesperson, or how can you say, like a, a minister of the gospel, somebody to represent you, a representative of, of Christ, someone who can delay the message with grace and truth and, and, and everything that Jesus would have done. But I always realize it's not about just doing it. It's first realizing, no, 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 you are a son. You know, you're my son. We do it in a relationship. We don't do it in a religious way. We do it in a relationship. And that's the same thing here is God always, you can see these are all very relationship-based words, a people for his own possession. That's always what he wanted. He always wanted people that were close to his heart. So in life, for these other accountability to make sense, and even for, for it to be more blessed to give to make sense, we got to realize that we need identity in Christ. We need to go back to Jesus to renew our minds, to refresh our soul, to, to let the Holy Spirit anoint us, to flow through us, to give us vision, to give us purpose, to give us guidance. And there's nothing wrong with always going back to Jesus. Actually, we should abide in Christ. You know, we should try our best day by day to learn how to practice the presence of God, to not just incorporate Jesus, but to get a real solid identity from him. And for me, this is something that I always try to pursue is an identity in Christ. Because if we don't get our identity from him, we will get it from something else. People are getting their identity in a career. Uh, you know, I went through that struggle when I was getting ready to graduate. Um, or I am actually getting ready to graduate. You could tell school is like, killed my brain cells instead of actually, you know, teaching me. I'm just sitting here doing homework. I'm like, bro, this is pointless, right? But anyways, God is so gracious and he taught me a lot through school and he used it to change me, give me the most amazing gift of my life, um, you know, connect me to our church, and I got saved through FGCU, countless blessings through FGCU, but every time that I tried to find my identity through the school, that's when I would struggle. That's when I would get confused. That's when I would get questions. That's when I would hit a roadblock, and every time God said, look, this is just a channel where I want to bless you. This is not who you are. You are not just a 
businessman, a real estate agent, whatever career, whatever you pursue, that's just your profession, you know, but that's not who you are. Yeah. Amen. So last one is the calling to proclaim Christ. So we're going to recap. I'm just going to pray at the very end, but um, I want to encourage you guys to get ready for this next season. You know, it's been a crazy, 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 crazy year, um, 2020, right? So, but I'm not saying that it's going to get better next year. That's not the point. I'm not trying to say, but there is new seasons. There is a new measure. There is new things that God wants to do. Whether it gets better or worse, we got to say, Lord, I want to have a grateful heart. Lord, I want to be accountable. Lord, if there's things in my life that I'm allowing to eat me alive from the inside, Lord, give me somebody I can be accountable to. I don't want to hold this stuff in. I want to be in the light as you are in the light. I want to walk in the light and have fellowship with my brothers. I want to understand the revelation that is more blessed to give than to receive. Lord, I don't have a lot of money, but I'll start with $10. Lord, I don't have a lot of time, but I'll start with five minutes. Lord, I don't have a lot of words, but I'll pray for that person. Start somewhere. Share something. Pray over somebody. Sow into somebody's life. You know, um, let, let's ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, when it gets dark, whether it gets bright, Whatever the future holds, Jesus, I want these three things. I want to be accountable. I want to at the revelation that it's blessed, more blessed to give than to receive. And I want to, more than anything else, proclaim your excellencies, to proclaim your coming until you return. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, I want to say thank you for this night. Holy Spirit, we need this word deep in our hearts. We don't know what's coming, but you know the future, Jesus. You know the future. You know all things. And Holy Spirit, keep us from complaining. Keep us with a heart of gratitude, Jesus, regardless of what's going on.